0: hello everyone welcome back to our podcast very glad that you can join us I'm very glad to be here my name's Cameron uh, Ken and uh, Luke and Lachlan are all the way uh, but I'm very pleased to have Clancy here again with us uh, to continue our discussion from last week Hello Clancy
1: Hello I feel like I'm should talk in multiple voices and pretend to be more than one person
0: yeah well our past experience tends to be Clancy that when there's less people discussing, We have just as much fun and a slightly higher success rate at at sticking within a a time limit. So uh, that's our challenge before us. But it's going to be hard with this story because there's so much to talk about. And we're going to pick up um, the story of Abraham, moving into the story of Isaac now, uh, but more specifically from the point of view that we talked about last week, the story of Rebecca. Um, So... We what were we saying before we started recording? First fourteen verses. Let's read the first fourteen verse, uh, verses, and then let's uh, pause on those, and and see what there is in there
1: of Genesis twenty-four. Yep. So I'll start. Abraham was now old, advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to the senior servant of his household, who had charge of all that he owned. Put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord the God of heaven and the God of the earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but will go to the land of my birth and get a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, What if the woman does not consent to follow me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham answered him, On no account must you take my son back there, The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from my native land, who promised me on an oath, saying, I will assign this land to your offspring. He will send his angel before you, and you will get a wife for my son from there. And if the woman does not consent to follow you, you shall then be clear of this oath to me, but do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, and swore to him as bidden.
0: Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, taking all sorts of choice gifts from his master. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at the time of evening, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I am standing by the spring of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let the young woman to whom I shall say, Please let down your jar that I may drink, and who shall say, Drink, and I'll water your camels also. Let her be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I shall know that you have shown steadfast love to my master.
1: I think almost of all the stories that we've looked at so far in all of Genesis, This part of this chapter is the story which you could read and go, wow, the past really is an entirely different country. Like, it's a totally different place where they do stuff that we would not do.
0: There's a lot of stuff here. One of them, this is the smallest of them all, Clancy, but it's one that struck me, uh, was that uh, the servant prays to God of my master. So it's not his Mm. God. It's the God of his master. So um, at that's a weird idea,
1: but I think I think that's also. I mean, he knows. I think that's also an acknowledgement. I know you talk to Abraham. Now, can you also uh-huh. maybe you know you yeah. led him? Can you lead me as well? Yeah. You know, Abraham seems to have a, a particularly special relationship yeah. with God. Yeah. Um. It's. Oh no. I mean, the like putting your hand under the thigh. Thigh. Yeah. And you know that's that's just weird. Yes. For yeah. us, that's just such a weird thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: I think it's interesting. The thing that I, I find sort of amusing about what Abraham says, he says, The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from my native land, who promised me an oath, saying, I will assign land to your offspring. He will send his angel before you. You will get a wife for my son. But if you don't, it's okay. Like yeah. he's saying, like God will <laughs> pick a woman for you. But if she doesn't want to come, I release you from your your yeah. like. It's good's the woman's fault if she doesn't want to come. God will pick yeah. someone, but it's up to her to decide. Um, which is a weird like turn of phrase.
0: It's it's a weird turn turn of phrase. Um, I remember I don't know if he shared this story at all. Probably did, but I remember Ray Rowan felt preaching once. Um, Clancy. Uh, describing how at a class reunion it had been shared by two people he'd been through college with who had subsequently got married, um, that um, the, the lady described how she just knew, she felt very impressed that God was going to give her a husband and the next person to walk in the door was going to be her husband. And and someone walked in and sure enough they got married later on. Uh, Ray said under his recollection it took the, the guy some time to come to the same realization, and <laughs> and he also thought, re, re, remembered you know, after hearing this story, thought to himself that it was just as well that he hadn't walked through that door at exactly that moment. Um, so that was that was his uh, comment. I, that was in the context of a sermon that had a point, and isn't it awful because I've forgotten the point that he drew from that, but I remembered the story. Uh, there's a couple of elements of this story though that feel um a bit odd if mm. God has told Abraham to leave his father's house that doesn't necessarily mean sever all ties with but it seems to suggest you know you're going to leave and you're not going to come back so what is this emphasis of Abraham going back to get uh you know someone from his tribe his clan his group the kids mm. of his buddies for for Isaac I don't I don't know. In the Bible, there's not a lot said. I'm not sure what's in any of the rabbinic traditions, but I don't think that Abraham's family or culture that he left from Ur was known for being particularly god godly.
1: I mean, but the ancient world is just—if you've removed that from the equation—the ancient world is incredibly tribal, and you know, it's a among the people that you know. I mean, we don't—we don't know. It it, it, this goes multi generation. Abraham marries within that family. Isaac marries within that family. Jacob then again marries within that family.
0: And and we know actually that not everything is exactly squeaky clean in terms of religious observance because of that episode where Rachel is it who steals Rachel
1: steals her father's gods. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, But
1: I think I mean this if we I think this is interesting because that prayer you you mentioned that the servant says, praise to the God, you know, the God of my master. Yeah. Um, it's, he gives, it is, it's a very elaborate and very specific. I'm going, you know, it, it's not just the person who, the woman who is happy to give me a drink, but also for the camels. Um, it is a, it's very specific. And I yeah. guess the fact that Abraham has said to him, God will go before you, and he will send the angel and you will get a wife.
0: Hmm. But if
1: the woman doesn't consent, so Abraham, sort of Abraham gives this idea there is a particular woman.
0: Hmm. God's yeah. going to choose her. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because the Bible is ambivalent or contradictory, perhaps is a better word, about whether this sort of, you know, whether we ought to seek for God's will in this way. There's, Do you remember there's an episode where, in one of the Sacred Diaries, I think, where Adrian Plass is, Agreed to do something at church, which he doesn't want to do, and then he he's looking for a sign as to whether he should do it. But then he remembers that it's a wicked generation that seeks a sign, and so he feels bad. And then, but then he remembers Gideon's fleece, and so he feels good. But then he remembers, you know, another story. I can't remember what it is. I should have the book in front of me. But I'm... yeah, and the,
1: the new the New Testament is the New Testament is pretty down on looking for particular signs. It's but I mean that's that's yeah. Adrian plus being funny. Jesus yeah. is talking. Uh, that's the Jesus saying it's a wicked generation and seeks for a sign is yeah. when the Pharisees have said, "Prove us, show us the sign yeah. that you are the Son of God." You know, it's yeah. a little different, but the, I mean, the, it's normal in the Old Testament to it seems to ask yes. for specific signs. Gideon asks for the the specific sign, yeah. but it's the Abraham is of course very sure. He Abraham has had God speak to him multiple times and he's very he comes across here very confident. It's it's fine. Don't worry, God's going to go before you and choose the woman. Don't worry, it'll be fine. But I think that you see a lot more it sounds the servant sounds a lot more panicked through this. But what if she won't come with me and then he prays this God of my master.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: this is this is the criteria so I know I will know that it is yeah. the right one. Um because and I guess coming off the back of the stress of Sarah and Abraham not having children, mm. Isaac having a, a wife that's the right one, the one that God has is, is picked, I guess feels really important at this point in their lives. Yeah,
0: well, that's a good insight, Clancy. I hadn't thought of that because one of the obviously the key dilemmas for Abraham for many, many years has been through which wife or maidservant um, you know, is... Or yeah, avenue. Yeah. <laughs> is is this chosen child to come from and he's he's had to learn through some fairly bitter experiences by this point that Sarah that it was going to be Sarah's child that was the child of promise um so that could explain some of his real insistence on on trying to find the right uh the right person for Isaac uh,
1: and then, then he seems to. So let's go on because we were going to yes. talk about Rebecca, and we're talking yes. all the prelude at the moment. So let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, let's keep reading. From verse, from verse 15. He had scarcely finished speaking, that, it's, that is, speaking to God, when Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. The maiden was very beautiful, a virgin whom no man had known. She went down to the spring, filled her jar and came up. The servant ran toward her and said, Please, let me sip a little from your water jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and she quickly lowered her jar upon her hand and let him drink. When he, when she had let him drink his fill, she said, I will also draw water for your camels until they finish drinking. Quickly emptying her jar into the trough, she ran back to the well to draw, and she drew for all his camels. Yeah,
0: this is one of my dad's favourite stories, um, Clancy. Uh, I think, well, dad, dad's... Uh, drawn to a lot of these sorts of stories he loves his favorite story to preach on is is ruth i think um but there's there is something um about this story which is it's a pretty wholesome story it doesn't have quite it doesn't have the sort of difficulties of the lot's wife turning into the pillar of salt that we were talking about in a few weeks ago in the episode or the or the abraham um you know pretending sarah is his sister or you know all these sort of stories of sort of moral jeopardy it seems to be one of these stories where things go right all the time straight away um where people are generous and you know their best selves i i would imagine that camels would take a fair bit of watering um i don't know i've never watered a camel
1: <laughs> i think it would depend on when they last drank yeah. um but i think you just hit on something It. it it feels like a really specific thing that he asks God for her to say. You know, can she say these exact words?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think what you just said there, people being generous in their best selves, you could almost hear what the servant is saying as let me know, let the woman who comes, the woman I find, not just be ordinarily generous but extraordinarily generous. Be a, mm. be a really nice girl. Be mm-hmm. really, really kind. You know, and that, I mean, thats that's not him simply fulfilling he's fulfilling the request of Abraham. Abraham's request was go and find a wife from this group of people. Yeah. And the servant is then saying, "Well, let me find one that's good and kind and nice." And maybe yeah. it's just sick of all the fighting and the nastiness that's been yes. going on with sending them away and abusing and yeah. mistreating and he's like, "Can we just can I God, please let me find one that's nice. That's, <laughs> that's right. easy to get along with. That's <laughs> generous."
0: Yeah, that's right. Because,
1: you know, servants see the not public side of, yeah. of people. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's in true. his it's in his best interest picking his future mistress to choose one that's going to get on well with the people yeah. around it.
0: Well, yeah, it's a very it's a very good point, Clancy, because if it wasn't for that second phrase, his request for a sign would be a very ordinary sign if you happen to be near a well. Um, there's another Adrian Plass... Uh, Episode where he writes a parody of a sort of typical Christian magazine article, in which the author, who's a Christian acrobat and is into trapeze work, who's fairly convinced that the Apostle Paul was pretty good on the trapeze and certainly Peter, and that trapeze acts were an ordinary part of the early church, has decided to start a trapeze ministry, and um, he's relating in this artic- in this mock article about. Um, it was just amazing. You know, I I thought, you know, if we wanted a trapeze, we'd need a, a big tent for the trapeze to go in. And so I, you know, I went and bought a magazine and it was called uh, big, big Circus... Big
1: Tops for Sale. Big Circus... Big Tops for Sale. Big it's Tops for Sale. Good, and would, yeah. would you
0: believe it? On the first page, there was a there was a <laughs> huge tent for sale. Um, and when I rang the guy up, he, he suggested that if I gave him some money, he could give me the tent. Um, and that this was obviously divine leading. Um, we the reason why I'm a bit suspicious about the seeking for signs is, is I almost never hear someone suggest something in the context of a church as being God's will, without it also being their will.
1: See, well, that's, that, I I think that's true. Where I thought you were going with bringing up yeah. Adrian Plus is where in the first, in his first, the sacred diary of Adrian Plus. He gets this conviction that God is speaking to him, and God is giving him an instruction to buy a frog, and call it Kaiser Bill. (laughs) And he's so worried he's going to forget this message from God that he writes it on a note and puts it in his pocket. He subsequently, his wife subsequently is cleaning his clothes in the laundry and pulls out this note and is very concerned and wants to know why he has a note in his pocket to himself (laughs) telling him to buy a frog and name it Kaiser Bill.
0: he knows that it has to be from God because the thought is so odd. And obscure. why would he have that thought unless it, unless it were from God? And I mean, this is this is. It's very easy to create very comical situations on on this premise. You know, how do we know what or this question? How do you know what God's will is? But that seems to be the question that Abraham has been, and all the characters in this story have been struggling with for chapters and chapters and chapters. Because God says, "Oh." Go and leave, and go to a country. I'll show it to you later on. I'm not going to tell you, but just go, get up, and go, and I'll take you to a country which I will show you later on. And then there's going to be a child of promise, and and God doesn't step in to tell Abraham before he sleeps with Hagar. No, this isn't how it's going to work out. God sort of waits. It's almost like God is being obtuse. Like presumably God has some good purpose behind it, but God could have spelled things out in a lot more detail earlier on.
1: But I think what's interesting is every time God actually does say, some, say something, Abraham's like, "Yeah, okay." No matter how weird it is, no matter how to mm. us, no matter how strange it is, Abraham's like, "Yeah, sure." It's in the intervening times yeah. that Abraham starts to make his own way up. But we were going to be talking about,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Rachel, not <coughs> Rachel. We're going to Rebecca. talk about Rebecca, not yeah, not Abraham. So let's keep going. You can yeah. read from verse twenty one.
0: Yes, uh, this is the oddest verse in the whole thing, Clancy. Uh, what a strange day she must have had. So she goes to this guy asks for a drink. She says, "I'll water your camels." And then it says in verse twenty-one, uh, "The man gazed at her in silence, to learn whether the Lord had prospered his journey or not. <laughs> if it did take, I'm imagining something that's half an hour at least to water some camels." And,
1: have, and this weirdo is just staring at her. The this whole weirdo time. is
0: just staring at her, and you can imagine her thinking, "Oh God, this is, this is a bad choice."
1: I don't know if that's as weird as what follows. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold nose ring weighing a half shekel and two gold bands for her arm, ten shekels in weight. Pray tell me, he said, whose daughter are you? Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. And she went on. There is plenty of straw and feed at home and also room to spend the night. The man bowed low in homage to the Lord and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not withheld his steadfast faithfulness from my master, for I have been guided on my errand by the Lord to the house of my master's kinsman. Um, I, the thing that, of course, all of a sudden, who are you? She says her name. Like, Here, have this jewellery. And it, it's it's a strange interaction.
0: It From a strange... I mean, in any culture I can imagine receiving... I mean, that's the sort of interaction that you would caution... A young person against wouldn't you you know some yeah. strange weirdo comes up and tries to give you a lot of money um i'd i'd be suspicious about that uh yeah this must have been a very a very odd day for her not, not least of which to say clancy and again this just speaks to the cultural divide but i can't imagine any young adventist uh, respectable young adventist girl being welcome in church with a gold nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for arms, weighing ten shekels each. Um, I don't know how much half a shekel is. Eleven grams.
1: So that's not too heavy.
0: Yeah, oh, so it's not—it's not like a big bull's ring. When it goes to the effort of of weighing it, I'd imagine it'd be something quite weighty. But this is a this is a fairly um, manageable size nose ring, if any nose rings are, are manageable. Um, the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Why would it say her mother's household and not her father's household? Is her father still alive?
1: Um, that's uh, as we've got, that's it, it's fairly it, hinted at in the text that he may not be because she goes to her mother's household and then when the negotiations happen, there's no, her father never speaks. Laban, her brother, speaks for, ah, on her behalf. So yes. it seems to be, yes, that her father may have died or is just absent from the, yeah. the narrative.
0: Uh, now, Clancy, if the first things we find about Rebecca are positive character traits, it's not quite so positive for Laban because I, I'm noticing that before Laban says come in, it specifically says, um, as soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebecca, his sister, thus the man spoke to me. Um, he went to the man and behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. He said, come in, O blessed of the Lord, why do you stand outside? For I prepared the house and a place for the camels. So, uh, it seems to suggest infer, I don't think it's too strong to say it infers that Laban was impressed by the sight of the jewellery.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's very clear that he sees and hears and goes, well, this is a good thing. Let's, let's, Yeah. you know, I'm going to make, and he makes out, look, I've made you a place. Uh, come, come, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm welcoming you in now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. And then they, then the man comes in, unharnessed the camels, gave straw and fodder to the camels, and there was water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Uh, so it must have been quite an entourage of, of people. And then in verse 33, Then food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. Laban said, Speak on.
1: I am Abraham's servant, he began. The Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become rich. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore my master a son in her old age, and he has assigned to him everything he owns. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house to my kindred and get a wife for my son. And I said to my master, What if the woman does not follow me? He replied to me, The Lord whose ways I have followed Will send his angel with you and make your errand successful, and you will get a wife for my son from my kindred from my father's house. Thus only shall you be freed from my adjuration. If when you come to my kindred they refuse you, only then shall you be freed from my adjuration. Now I am reading from the Jewish Publication Society translation, so uh your Bible at home may use a word other than adjuration, um perhaps instruction or command. Or oath. Um or oath.
0: Mine uses oath. I've so never, that is... The, I've never heard the word adjuration. have never adoration. heard
1: the word. <laughs> so it's interesting that this, he repeats the tale. He repeats exactly what we've just been told in the story.
0: Yeah. Uh, going into some detail, I was trying to mm. guess the purpose of this. Um, obviously, we are impressed with Rebecca already. Uh, she's shown herself to be hospitable, generous, um, hardworking, and... Uh, that's great. So um, she comes from the right family. She's not married. She's um, obviously the woman that he's after. But they do not yet know that Isaac is an appropriate husband for their Rebecca.
1: The thing that is emphasized in these stories is God's going to lead him on this quest that Abraham has adjured him to do. Hmm. And the thing that I find seems to jump out at me in both the first time Abraham gives this command and the second time when the servant is retelling it is this emphasis at the end. God is going to pick a woman, but she has to decide whether she will come. Yeah. That there is, that Isaac has no autonomy in this story. Yeah, He has no voice. Isaac is just, he's going to get the wife. His his father has delegated the servant to choose with god's leading she gets to choose but isaac doesn't um it's a yeah she is she is a autonomous character in this tale
0: yeah although yes and i mean that's very much emphasized in the retelling and he goes through the whole story i was just reading through the next few verses to see if there's anything sort of extra particular that's added um and there's not, except for the sort of exhortation at the end of verse 49. Now then, if you're going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. If not, tell me that I may turn to the right or to the left. So he seems to be saying, I think God's chosen Rebecca. But if it's not going to happen, then I'll go looking somewhere else. Uh, and Laban and Bethuel answer.
1: Mm, they do. And that's the first time we hear Bethuel speak, isn't it? Yeah. And they say, the they say together, the matter was decreed by the Lord. We cannot speak to you, bad or good. We cannot, we cannot decide this. Here is Rebecca before you. Take her and go and let her be a wife to your master's son as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed low to the ground before the Lord. The servant brought out objects of silver and gold and garments and gave them to Rebecca. And he gave presents to her brother and her mother. Again, her to her brother and her mother, like you mentioned before, her father yeah. seems to be perhaps deceased. Then he and the men and them ate and drink and they spent the night and they arose the next morning and he said, give me leave to go to my master. But her brother and her mother said, let the maiden remain with us some 10 days. Then you may go. But he said to them, do not delay me. Now the Lord has made my errand successful. Give me leave that I might go to my master. So it's this. Yeah. It's almost like they're trying to get the upper hand. The upper hand. Who's in charge of the situation? Like I feel one that gives way. gifts and the others. Like it almost seems. Yes, yes, you can go. No, no, you can't.
0: I I um, would imagine Clancy, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing based on Laban's wheeling and dealing later on in the story, <laughs> and, and I'm guessing based on the fact that faced with the prospect of traveling on a camel train with people she didn't know to marry someone she'd never met or staying another 10 days with her family, Rebecca said, I'd rather go, that it's possible the household wasn't that harmonious. Because she's she is given a voice. and then They say, call her in, and she says, no, I'm going.
1: Yes. Um, he says, don't delay me. We want to leave now. And they said, let us call the girl and ask for her reply. They called her and said, will you go with this man? And she says, I will go. Um, and so off they go. But I think... I think you're right, and when we weren't going to go forward to talk about Jacob, but it is the first interaction with Laban is like every single one we have with him for the rest of Genesis. Yeah. He's a wheeler and dealer, and he's constantly trying to get into a position of advantage in his interactions with people. Yeah. But I, I do love that where they're all talking about her and they're all making these decisions for her no, no, we want 10 days, no, we want this, let's ask her. And she says, no, I'll go right now. And I, th- I like that. Maybe she wants to get away from her dodgy brother.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's quite plausible. Uh, and uh, in many ways, it would be intimidating for Rebecca. But in many other ways, what an amazing experience to just be living a normal life one day and then to have, to have a reasonably authoritative voice. I mean, we're taking the servant on his word that he had asked for a sign and that was the sign and that she'd answered exactly according to the phrase just in the moment of his praying it, basically. Um, but, okay, if you if she read the servant as being trustworthy, then someone has just descended on her and said, oh, your Prince Charming, chosen by God, is waiting for you. Um,
1: Here, to have some jewellery and some clothes.
0: Have some jewellery and some clothes, yeah.
1: He's kind of a fairy godmother, isn't he? He's, yeah, yeah. He shows up with and with... An entourage of camels throws jewelry and gives her a new dress and says, "Come, you may go to the ball." That's right. Uh, it is. It is very <laughs> <Fury> Cinderella. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: that would be an interesting sort of cross. Cross.
1: It's like Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales does the yeah. they should do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: But I think I think it's really interesting. I think that is the re- fact that it's repeated in full. How he tells the whole story again. I think is, is significant and important because he doesn't just say, hey, you know, Abraham, your relative, he sent me to find a wife. Can, can I take someone from your family? But he tells the whole thing. Mm. Abraham sent me, he sent me and said God, sent God before me mm. um, on this errand and I prayed and I prayed for a sign and it happened exactly like I prayed and she came and did exactly, you know, this is a, he's telling them mm. and it's important for us. Or for later readers, later later hearers of this story to know that the fact that this was, you know, orchestrated by God is on the table in her in the negotiations that Rebecca mm. knows this. Yeah. Um, she's not just bought with the jewelry. She's explained, you know, this is a I asked for a sign mm. and and you're the one.
0: Yeah. Uh we we are well past halfway, so we'll read through to the end of the chapter. Uh, they called Rebecca and said, will you go? And she said, I will go. I'm just picking where up to. Uh, Verse 60. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, our sister, may you become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. Then Rebecca and her young woman arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebecca and went his way. Uh, Now, now Isaac had returned from Beer Lahai Roy. How would I say that, Clancy? Mm -hmm. Was that close enough?
1: feel like you said it. Yeah, it's oh, pretty close.
0: Good. And was dwelling in the Negev. And Isaac went out to meditate in the fields towards the evening. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. She said to the servant, Who's that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebecca, and she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now Clancy is the Beer Laharoi, Is that that's associated with the story of Hagar, isn't it?
1: Correct. That is where Hagar runs away, and she stops. And the angel of the Lord says, "Where are you going?" And she says, "I'm running away." And that's where the angel says, promises her, gives her the sort of covenant promise that she's going to have children. This is back, of course, in um, hmm. Genesis sixteen, and then. Genesis 16, verse 13. This is what Hagar says in response to the promise that she will have Ishmael. She called the Lord who spoke to her. You are El Roy, by which she meant. You are the God who sees me. Therefore, that well is called Beer Lahai Roy, between Kadesh and Bered. So it's it's the same place. It's the place that Hagar met God face to face. And, well, met met the angel of the Lord who speaks to her. And she names God. Yeah, and then that that well is named after her. And then Isaac, the first time he sees Rebecca, is at the place called, you know, the well of the God who sees. Yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a nice detail.
0: It's also the case. Now I'm remember trying trying to remember the details of this, um, but uh, when Abraham dies, he's buried by both Ishmael and Isaac Correct. together. Um, Correct. <clears throat> And the fact that Isaac seems to be living in this spot that's the very special sacred spot for Ishmael's journey with God mm-hmm. seems to suggest some degree of reconciliation to it, between the brothers. They're certainly, on speaking terms, well enough to come there, together. There's
1: no, nothing in the narrative that suggests that their relationship is negative. It's True. Sarah's relationship with, with Hagar that's problematic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because there's there's it's sibling rivalry all the way through. Because there's um, the Isaac and Ishmael, and then there's the Jacob and Esau, and then there's the Joseph and his brothers. And if Joseph reconciles with his brothers, and Jacob reconciles with Esau, it would be the odd one out in the story if Ishmael and and Isaac were not reconciled to each other. Well, or only if least. you're
1: trying to find find patterns of threes. Yeah. Um, well, that's true. But yeah, I mean we 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 don't hear the stories of all Abraham's children we don't know how either of the sons get on with all the children of yeah. Petura yeah
0: um, the story certainly doesn't seem to be told though in, in a way to support a really sort of binary us versus them mentality of hmm. where the good is and you're the baddies uh, hmm. God certainly intervenes on behalf of Hagar and Ishmael which we talked about last week and it seems that Isaac as one of the characters in this story was at least travelling... not the- a
1: very distinct character he's a pretty vague um he doesn't say much he doesn't do that much um i think this is one of the things that people really like about this story when it gets told as at the end of chapter 24 isaac brought rebecca into the tent of his mother sarah and he took rebecca to his wife isaac loved her and thus found comfort after his mother's death this is a Maybe that's why he can't do everything, anything for himself. He's grieving his mother's death. He's, he's mm. not even in the tent of his father. He's living out in the Negev. Mm. He's wandered off. And this, is, this may be why Abraham says, right, okay, he needs a, he needs a wife. Yeah. I'm going to send you to get him because he's vanished off into the wilderness. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's up to. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe there's that element to it. Your comment just previous to that, Clancy, that he's a fairly th- sort of thin character. Um, I knew that there was a story where Isaac pretends that Rebecca is his sister.
1: Sister, yes. What I hadn't
0: realised is that's the only story recorded about Isaac that isn't, and the one we've just read, I guess, that isn't to do with J- the Jacob and Esau. Mm. Like the, with Abraham, there's a lot of story that happens before he has kids.
1: Oh, there is a, yeah, I guess that's true because he, he pleads with the Lord that she will have a child. Um, yeah. But that, I guess, that's true. That's to do with
0: the kids. It's not like the Abraham story. We have decades where God's talking to Abraham, and 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 stories are happening. The Sodom and Gomorrah, and the all these stories are happening. Isaac seems to exist in this story very much as the son of Abraham and the father of Jacob, rather than as a mm. sort of a super active player in his own own right.
1: Mm. I mean, he doesn't. The Lord appears to him after the birth of his sons and after he does the same thing as his father does pretending his wife is his sister. Mm. God appears to him much later, um, in his life. After after sort of all this stuff. Yes. It's it's he just seems to be almost an intermediary intermediate sort of character. He's the, the link between the big stories of Abraham and Jacob. Yeah. Because you know, Jacob is is the one who is named Israel. Jacob is the sort His- of key character after Abraham.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I don't think we should talk too much about Genesis 26 because Ken will be very upset if he doesn't get to contribute to the to this pretending your wife's your sister's episode because... Um, yes,
1: yes, that's true.
0: He was, he was very interested in the two Abraham stories. In as much as we found a natural break, I think we should leave it there and we should pick up the story of Rebecca next week, uh, particularly looking at Rebecca's role in her own family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither Rebecca nor Isaac come out very squeaky clean when it comes to sort of fostering a cohesive sort of spirit within their family. Um, Division seems Mm -hmm. to open up pretty early on. And I think that by the time we get to Genesis 27... Um, there'll be a fair bit to talk about so we we might leave it there as always um t- to our listeners we hope that you've enjoyed the discussion you can always uh, send comments to us at Home at gmail.com and please feel free to share this podcast with your friends or indeed your enemies as well um acquaintances of any type uh and and uh, we hope that you join us for our discussion next week